You're listening to NL Newsday. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. Now, the calendar has shifted to May, and as of the beginning of this month, ICBC's Enhanced Care Auto Insurance Program, a.k.a. No Fault Insurance, began rolling out to drivers across British Columbia. The president of ICBC says that he thinks it's a better system because there are more benefits for people to, quote, get better. He says fault still matters. You will still pay higher premiums if you cause a crash. Now, the new insurance structure is saving drivers an average of $400 a year and provides expanded access to recovery health care for those who need it, according to ICBC. And a big part of the savings to this new system is the fact that it's not going to be spending as much money on litigation. To talk a little bit more about how we should be feeling about this whole change, well, it's time now for a call from the bar with Carrie Priddle, brought to you by Priddle Law Group, serving Kamloops and the surrounding areas. They have the right lawyer for your situation. Priddle Law Group, your lawyers for life. Carrie, how are you doing here today? I'm great, Jeff. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks so much for uh, all the time, as always. Appreciate you coming on the show. And I think this is a very important topic to be discussing at this point in time. So let's get into this whole ICBC no-fault insurance. So ICBC calling this enhanced care coverage. What is the enhanced care they are providing under this no-fault scheme, if you will? Well, it's actually nothing we didn't have already. Um, we already had Part 7 benefits, and that's what our recovery benefits are, up to $300,000 for things like massage, physio, chiropractor, plus support items if you're catastrophically injured, like home modifications, that sort of thing. We've always had this, but ICBC adjusters just never really did a good job of approving this coverage. Or they made the injured person jump through a bunch of hoops, produce paperwork or pay a user fee to discourage using this coverage. So now, under the enhanced coverage, the adjusters are told to approve treatment more easily. So that's the difference. That's the enhancement. They're giving us coverage we already had and they're cloaking it like an enhancement. So I guess the enhancement is they're finally doing the job they should have done all along. <laughs> so it's pretty cheeky if you ask me to call it enhanced coverage. Um, sort of like a restaurant that used to mess up your order. So now they're bringing you the order you actually ordered and they're calling that an enhanced service. Um, cheeky indeed. <laughs> <laughs> so the increase of the total coverage from $300,000 to $7.5 million is a real red herring. Governments love to talk about these great big numbers, make it sound so good. But most injured people don't even come close to the $300,000 for the cost of their treatments, even catastrophically injured people. Mm -hmm. And so the government's just saying these big numbers to look generous, but no actual benefits or coverage have been enhanced. The new insurance for treatments gives you exactly what you were entitled to last week, last year, five years ago. The real difference is what they've taken away in this enhanced coverage. Yeah, so let, let's get into that right there. What does this take away for insurance coverage under this new you know, enhanced care coverage compared to our old insurance model. Yeah, well, on Saturday, BC lost some pretty important rights. Um, the NDP government, under their new no-fault scheme, really did a clawback. Uh, injured British Columbians are going to face really significant new challenges if they're involved in an auto accident now. And as you know, accidents happen all the time, every day. So this affects literally everyone. So this new policy is so complex and it's built upon over 200 pages of technical regulations which are going to be virtually impossible for any public person to navigate 
especially those who are already involved in an accident and they're trying to focus on their recovery, their health, they're injured, they're hurt, they're out of work, they're scared. The injured person is going to be totally at the mercy of an ICBC adjuster to approve any benefits that they're entitled to. And so if ICBC does wrong by you and they don't approve what they're supposed to, the government's new no-fault model actually removes your access to an independent judge or jury to make an impartial judgment on these complicated injury cases. And hiring a lawyer then, because it's not going to court, is not going to be possible. So would you say that that's probably the, the main uh, drawback of this whole switchover, you know, is that we're not going to be able to have that access to uh, basically legal help or legal professionals to be able to guide us through these processes if you are involved in a collision? Well, not, no, not just that. It's the, the insurance itself is so, it's so poor. It's so, um, I don't even know how to, how to say it really it's um consider an example of a 13 year old for uh with a traumatic brain injury and a spinal cord injury that's left her a quadriplegic or a paraplegic there's three things that this insurance doesn't cover now or that is so woefully inadequate um so the first if you consider the child's permanent impairment and their life of suffering until this no-fault insurance came in, an impartial judge would consider the pain and suffering faced by that injured person, compare that information to other cases, and then award damages or money to ensure that person is compensated. And the maximum amount in Canada for pain and suffering for someone who's been left a quadriplegic or a paraplegic with a lifetime of pain and they're very young is $390,000. Now that already seems pretty low. Mm -hmm. uh, so under the new no-fault law, an injury victim isn't entitled to any pain and suffering, zero, unless they are considered to be, um, by ICBC considered, not a judge, a, a ICBC employee had to have a permanent impairment. And they've reduced that maximum, for an example, like a, a quadriplegic who's facing a lifetime of pain, to $264,000. And it's only payable if ICBC has determined the injuries to be catastrophic. And that definition is determined in a very complex manner under the new no-fault regulations. So being paralyzed isn't enough. Um, paralysis is only deemed catastrophic if it's a quadriplegia or a paraplegia, and it's under some impairment scale that ICBC determined, and it has to reach an impairment rating of 65%. And then for a child with a brain injury, their injury would only or qualify as catastrophic if the brain function is impacted by more than 50%. So despite these injuries being life altering and requiring extensive lifelong support at any level of severity, that child's family may not qualify for catastrophic injury compensation. And again, the ICBC adjuster gets to decide if that child's injury is catastrophic. And if you think they got it wrong, they can't, there's nothing you can do about it because it's, it's prohibited from going to court. Um, the second, real concern is career and wage loss. What if this child that's been injured is never able to pursue a career or paid employment due to their injuries? The new no-fault regulation gives the ICBC employee the authority to choose what that future employment of the child might have if they hadn't been injured and then determine how much support they receive. And so in this example, the adjuster determines that 13-year-old would have only gone on to a, a modest career if he hadn't been involved in the accident. 
then the wage loss benefit is going to reflect that. So despite the fact that the child may have had goals and aspirations of a career in um, something that was lucrative, the ICBC adjuster has incentive to say, no, you were going to be a you know, low-level employment adjuster, for example. Um, and then, um, even if the victim's an adult and already a high-earning individual, like for a physician, for example, their losses are going to be limited to the, to the cap that ICBC has placed, which is $100,000. So if you're earning over $100,000, and many people are, many professionals are, that doesn't matter. You only can get injury compensation for your wage loss up to that $100,000 cap. And so under the snow fault, all of our individual rights are being stripped away, and the victim doesn't have any right or opportunity to show what their future would have held, and usually that's what we do in court. We, we bring all sorts of experts, and we look at what the family members did for jobs, and what the ch child's education and their marks were and, and base it on that. Um, but how on earth is the adjuster going to make this decision without any, they're not an economist or a, or a medical professional. Mm -hmm. Is it going to be based on their own experience? That's what we're, we're left with here. And then finally, medical benefits. Um, there's the, the injured child is going to have access to some pre-authorized treatments, so that's a fixed number of may pay, or must pay, they say. They must pay a certain amount of physiotherapy, kinesiology, chiropractor. Now, beyond these pre-approved must-pay sessions, the individual has to satisfy their adjuster that any treatments on a go-forward basis are necessary to facilitate their recovery. Not their comfort, like a massage therapist, but their actual recovery. So here is where the paperwork and the endless hoops to jump through are going to begin for anyone who's injured. Um, it's going to be up to ICBC whether they agree to pay for that treatment, even if it's medically recommended. So if the family of an injured child needs a modified vehicle to transport them around, that's an ICBC may pay. So the ICBC can decide if there's an um, adaptation for a motor vehicle, or they may pay for a home renovation, or enhancements like a wheelchair-friendly washroom access. So language is important. If you look at the language that this no fault, no fault insurance has created, it's a may pay, not a must pay. And so heaven help you if you rub the adjuster the wrong way or you don't have the right paperwork, then you're just going to be in this endless loop with no judge to turn to and no lawyer to assist you to help you navigate this bureaucratic maze. So that's, those are all the, the losses that we're suffering with this new no fault legislation. Yes, yeah, so could a person even hire a lawyer? Is there a reason to? Because it doesn't sound like they would even be able to have much of an impact on any type of a case, given that ICBC has essentially taken full control and leaving it in the hands of adjusters. Is there any role for, for lawyers with, the, with this switch at all? No, um, not particularly. And then, and then it's cost prohibitive for the injured person. How can an injured person or child afford to retain a lawyer to, to even go to bat for them with the adjuster, which is what up until last Saturday I did and every trial lawyer I know did on a routine basis. Um, so no fault is prohibiting taking ICBC to court. So what are we supposed to do to go to bat? Usually I can go to court and make them do what they're supposed to do. Now I can't. Mm -hmm. So the most practical thing I think everyone should do is take that $400 that will maybe save this year on our insurance and go and buy private disability insurance to actually and properly cover our losses, not just for adults who are income earners, but for children, because those are the people who are really, really going to take a hit if they're injured in a motor vehicle accident, because they don't have a career plan that they can point to to say, this is my loss. 
And so having that, um, that independent insurance is what's going to have to happen. Basically, they are giving us an inferior product, and I guess that's why they're dropping the price, but you're going to need to get extra insurance to augment this crappy insurance that they're now providing for us. Yeah, so essentially, I mean, I guess it sounds good on the surface. If you were to never get in an accident, you're saving some money, but heaven forbid something does happen, you're pretty much out of luck, right? You're you're at the mercy of ICBC, and there's not a whole lot you can do, especially if you haven't bought that enhanced coverage, uh, that disability coverage, then, you know, you're, you're going to find yourself in a real unfortunate place, I suppose, at that particular time. Yeah, and it's, it's legislated, so there's nothing anyone can do about it, although... Um, certainly if there's a change in government, there can always be a change in the rules. And so one thing everybody can do is start talking to their MLAs in their constituencies and telling them about how this policy harms injured people in our community and gives almost total control to ICBC. So that's a great first step. Well, Carrie, I appreciate the time as always. Thank you for coming on the show and discussing this issue. Uh, Yeah, May 1st, we all saw this no-fault model roll out, and it's something that, you know, I'm sure... Again, sounds good on the surface, but until we start seeing some accidents pile up, maybe we'll see some people really be upset about these changes. So important to get the word out. Thanks for the time, and we'll uh, catch up again soon. Yes, thank you so much for having me, Jeff. All right, there you go. Carrie Priddle for a call from the bar brought to you by Priddle Law Group. Serving Kamloops and the surrounding areas, they have the right lawyer for your situation. Priddle Law Group, your lawyer's for life. Always appreciate Carrie Prittle coming on the program. Do you think she's upset about this switch to no-fault insurance? The quick answer is yes, obviously. Um, gotta wonder if some people... I mean, I, on the surface, right? If you're a good driver and you never get in a collision, you never get in an accident, and you're saving yourself 400 bucks a year, that's fine. That's fantastic. But, but there is, of course, that caveat. If something happens, you might not be so appreciative of the system anymore. I'm sure there'll be a few instances where people are happy to save money only to find out they're actually losing a whole bunch once something happens in terms of an injury. I'll leave it at that, but clearly the uh, the, the, the lawyers of the province are unhappy with this move, and for good reason in the sense that litigation that's essentially just being taken out of the options for individuals, right? You won't be able to take your ICBC situation to court. Uh, so I understand why lawyers would typically be upset. That's obviously business that's gone out the door, but... In the grand scheme of things, too, under the surface, it's more than just business. It is about helping clients, which they're no longer going to be able to do. So I understand that frustration and appreciate Carrie coming on the show and discussing why she has an issue with this switch to the no-fault insurance model, which did, of course, go into effect on May the 1st.